are glad you could join us today for the Concepts of Faith broadcast. This program is dedicated to teach you how to put the Word of God to work so that it will make a positive difference in the everyday circumstances of your life. And now, here's Charles Capps. Let me say something here. Uh, You probably won't hear this from many pulpits, so let me say it right here. It's wrong for you to take money that does not belong to you and give it away unless you have made arrangements, you see. Now, I'm not saying that it's wrong to go borrow money if God tells you and give it into the ministry, whatever. I have done that. But let's take, for instance, take an individual that comes to a meeting maybe and he's got the money to pay the rent, but because... There's such a plea made, and they keep begging and pleading for money and for people to give and offerings and promising everything under the sun if they give it, you know. He ends up giving his rent money in the offering. Now, that rent money didn't belong to him. It belonged to the fellow that owned his house that he's renting his house from. That was not his to give. And I tell you, a lot of people getting in serious trouble over a situation like that. And here's the way people think. They think, well, now, you know, I'm going to give this to God, and then God will have to perform. No, you may be out on the street because you're violating something in the Bible there, even. Because you're giving away something that doesn't belong to you. Didn't belong to you. Belong to your landlord. Now, I know you don't hear much teaching like this, but it needs to be said because there's a, many people have gotten trouble in financial problems because of this very situation. And then there's people that don't know about tithing that teach tithing on the total gross. And I can understand that in certain situations where an individual that's capable and able to do that. I don't have any qualms about that if that's the way they want to do it. But I'm pointing out to you what the scripture says and why there needs to be a balance in this thing. Because you take an individual that's borrowing money at the bank to farm like I was and you know, if you're hung up on this, oh, no man, nothing. But to love him, you're in a bad situation already. Because to be quite frank, that scripture there in Romans is talking about paying your taxes. And that's what it's referring to. So don't get hung up on any one scripture there. Because God told Israel, he said, you'll lend to many nations and not borrow. Now, if it was wrong to borrow money, then it would be wrong for Israel to lend money. Because if they didn't loan it, somebody wouldn't borrow it. So, you know, you get in a situation there where you've got to use the wisdom of God to understand what he's saying. But you study that verse there in Romans, I think it's 13th chapter, where it said, Oh, no man, nothing but to love him. Now, there's some people that God has told and said to them, Now, don't you go into debt. And if God tells you not to go into debt, you better obey God. But to take something that God told one individual and try to put it on everybody and make it scriptural, it just won't stick. And we need to be plain about it. It's getting a lot of people in bad financial situations. I've known individuals personally about their situation that because they wouldn't borrow money and make the notes good at the bank or pay a payment, they lose their credit, get kicked out of their apartment, and all because they wouldn't borrow the money and they could have paid it off a little by little. So we need to be careful. That we don't just take a scripture out of context and be drawn away after something that will cause us some financial problems and some serious ones. Now, I don't know how I got on that, but somebody needed it. But uh, back to this thing of tithing. You can see where if an individual lost money in a business, then 
to tithe on the gross. You know, you could tithe on $10 million and lose a million dollars a year. Well, you ain't going to be in business long. <laughs> of course, you're not going to be in business long if you're losing a million dollars a year. But the point is, let's follow what tithing is. It's a tenth of the increase. Now, that does not mean, let me put a word of caution right here. Now, I didn't intend to just take off on tithing, but I just feel impressed the Spirit of God to do this. That does not mean a tenth of what you have left after you've paid all your bills and after you've bought all your clothes and after you've done everything that you wanted to do, then if you had anything left, give God a tenth. That is not what we're saying. We're talking about of the increase. See, I had an individual say to me one time, well, now, this certain family, they had a, a certain business and they bought some equipment. The husband had bought quite a bit of equipment. And the lady said to me one night, uh, we was over at their house and having coffee, and she said, now, what about this tithing? says, now, we've bought all this equipment and said, we don't have it paid for. said, we're making payments on this equipment, so we don't owe any tithes until we get that equipment paid for, right? <laughs> and I said, wrong. <laughs> because the money that they were using to pay for the equipment was increase. Because the profit they received was increase. Now, for your tax deduction, you can depreciate the equipment. And it does come off, depreciation comes off the tax. But the increase is what you're paying the equipment off with. Well... She decided that the way to pay tithes is to pay on what you have left after you pay everything off. <laughs> now, I think that's the way a lot of people do it. And I'll tell you, that'll get you in a bad financial situation right away. No, you pay tithes on the increase. So if they made $10,000 a month with that equipment, it cost them $3,000 for fuel and for repairs, then their profit or net off of that was $7,000 a month. So they owed tithes on $7,000 a month. So it would be $700 tithes that they'd owe on that increase. But, see, their consideration was that, well, the equipment's not paid for, so we don't owe anything. But the money they're paying into that equipment is assets to them, so it is increase. Now, I didn't intend to make this an economic session, but I think God's wanting us to get wise to some of these things. No, you don't give away everything. You don't just go out and haphazardly give away your car. And you don't just do things off the cuff. Stay scriptural with it. Do it according to the Word of God. If God impresses you to give more than that, fine. But you see, this minister, where this story started, was this minister that called me and said, I can't make it the way things are going. Because, see, he was running probably 50% of his offerings that he got on these meetings was taken in expense of travel, hotels, meals, and different things. And then he was paying tithes on the gross. So he was actually paying tithes on about twice what he should have been paying tithes or what was required of it. See, now if God told him to give abundantly above that, that's fine. That's offerings. But the tithes is a tenth of the increase. All right, we were talking about Melchizedek, the priest here. We got over on that because of the tithing thing. Now, Let's come down to verse 9. And as I may so say, Levi also, who received tithes, paid tithes in Abraham, for he was yet in the loins of his father when Melchizedek met him. If therefore perfection were of the Levitical priesthood, for under it the people received the law, what further need was there that 
another priest should rise after the order of Melchizedek and not be called after the order of Aaron. For the priesthood being changed, there is made of necessity to change also the law. Now, see, Paul is talking to the Hebrews here. See, this doesn't mean that much to us sometimes because we were not wrapped up under that law. But he's trying to point out to them that this thing has been done away with. The Levitical priesthood was not a way of perfection. It was actually a shadow of the thing that was to come. And Jesus was the true high priest that was to come. So there had to be a change of the law when the new covenant came in. For he of whom these things are spoken pertaineth to another tribe to which no man giveth attendance at the altar. For it is evident that our Lord sprang out of Judah of which tribe Moses spake nothing concerning priesthood. Now this is why Melchizedek is a type of the high priest Jesus and this is one reason that Moses did not mention and bring this in in his books because Jesus was to be a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. And it is yet for more evident, for that after the similitude of Melchizedek, there ariseth another priest who is made not after the law of carnal commandments, but after the power of endless life. Now you see, Melchizedek was not an eternal priest. Now, I know there's people that believe that he was, and they say, well, he was Jesus, and he ended up being the priest. But no, no, he was a man. He was only a type. He was a figure of the thing that was to come. For he testified, thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek, for there is verily a disannulling of the commandment going before for the weakness and unprofitableness thereof. For the law maketh nothing perfect, but the bringing in of a better hope did, by the which we draw nigh unto God. And inasmuch as not without the oath he was made priest, for those priests were made without an oath. But this with an oath by him that said unto him, The Lord swear and will not repent. Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. By so much was Jesus made a surety of the better testament. The word surety there means a guarantee. He's a guarantee of the better covenant. You know why it's a better covenant? Because it's established on better promises. So you see... What God is doing and what Jesus was doing was bringing in a better covenant, established on better promises, established on the affirmative, the positive side of life. Any time, in fact, this is what the Apostle Paul said, any time that you come up with a list of don'ts, then it's going to be hard to concentrate on what to do. Now, if you don't believe that, you just try listing things to your children that you don't want them to do. Brother, I mean to tell you, you're going to have a full-time job of keeping them from doing what you told them not to do. God bless you. I do appreciate you joining us for the Concepts of Faith broadcast. And all of this week, we have CD offer number 7610. That's six CDs for $43 plus $7 postage and handling, a total of $50. Now, I'll tell you about this series it is one of the most productive series I've ever done. It was done in Tulsa at Kenneth Hagin Camp Meeting back several years ago. But we took an overall view of the faith message and started at A and went all the way to Z. 
it gives you insight into how to apply it in everyday circumstances of life. You know, that's one of the problems with people. They think, well, now this faith business will just get you in trouble. I've heard people say that. No, it'll get you out of trouble, and it'll keep you out of trouble if you really have faith. The problem is there's people acting like they have faith when they don't have any faith. You know, faith without works, the Scripture says, is dead. Well, acting as though you had faith when it's really not in your heart is double dead. I mean, it'll get you in a heap of trouble. So we talk about some pitfalls and mistakes that people made, and this series will give you insight. We talk about a working knowledge of the Word of God. You need a working knowledge of the Word of God in your life, and you need to know God's M.O., His method of operation. And Jesus tells you, the good man, out of the good deposit of his heart, he brings forth good things. Well, who brings it forth? He said the good man does. In other words, the man that puts the Word of God in his heart. How do you get it in your heart? The Apostle Paul said it's in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. So the word of faith gets in there. Now, when it's abundantly in the heart, then out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. In other words, God's word produces faith of the things that he has given you. When it's abundantly in your heart, then you speak words that change things and cause the manifestation of the promise of God in your life. That's offer number 7610 for a total of $50. We have a toll-free order line, 1-877-396-9400. Until tomorrow, this Charles Capps reminding you that the enemy is defeated, God is exalted, and Jesus is coming soon. To order the product offered today, call 1-877-396-9400 or write Charles Caps, P.O. Box 69, England, Arkansas, 72046. A complete list of CDs, books, and DVDs are available online at charlescaps.com. Through the website, you can listen to this radio program again and subscribe to our podcast. This broadcast is sponsored by Charles Capps Ministries and our listeners in this area.